0: John chapter 3 this morning, and uh, let's all stand. You've been sitting for a little while, just going to read one verse. <sighs> On Wednesday nights, we've been going through and preaching familiar verses or, or verses that we all have heard and known well, and, and this is probably the most familiar verse, and, uh, but I'm going a different direction this morning, so you hang with me and, and pray for me. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father God, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for the Holy Spirit. I thank You for how He comes to us in our time of need. Lord, early this morning, You know I was asking You, Lord, to do just what You've done in this service. And I want to be the first to say thank You for hearing and answering my prayer. And I pray now that You'd help me as I endeavor... Lord, to stand here before You and represent You to these people, Lord, as Your ambassador. And I pray, God, You'd help me. Lord, I pray You'd crucify my flesh and all of its evil thoughts and desires. And You'd you'd allow that new man, Lord, to shine forth and speak to those that are here. I pray for that one that may be here lost and on their way to hell. Lord, I know without a doubt right now they're very uncomfortable. Now, I know, Lord, that the Spirit that's so tangible here today is convicting and drawing them. And I pray this morning they'd quit fighting the Holy Ghost. Lord, they'd run to Him and they'd accept You, Lord, as their Savior and their God. Father, I pray now you bless and may everything that's done, Lord, from now to the end of the service glorify You. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You be seated. Again, familiar verse. And uh, I want to start this morning and uh, hopefully, and and Lord willing, uh, up to next week and up to Christmas, I'm going to preach a series of messages on the old story that never grows old. The old story that never grows old. The, The incarnation of Christ is one of the greatest Bible doctrines there is. In fact, it's one of those doctrines that are not up for discussion with me and with this church. If you deny the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ and what you have done, you have denied yourself eternal life. I still believe that God became a man. Amen? Old John Phillips said this. He said, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men... Could become the sons of God. Amen. And uh, that old story, it never grows old. Amen. I can remember uh, as a little boy uh, getting the cookies made for Santa Claus. And guess what? It didn't mess us up. It ain't going to mess your kids up. You believe how you want. Don't tell my kids he ain't real. They might, Georgia might kick you in the knee. Isn't that right, Brother Jared? <laughs> hey, I mean, people to get upset about the serious thing. But anyhow, I can remember making the cookies, you know, and setting them out there and pouring that glass of milk. And, and, uh, and I mean, just like it was yesterday and sitting down and uh, Mom and Daddy and, and Mary Beth and John and, and Daddy getting out the Bible and reading us the Christmas story and, and, and hearing them tell about the angels singing and, and the shepherds coming. And, 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 I, and it always bothered me when he'd read that part. There was no room for them in the end. That always bothered me. And I can remember going to bed and then waking up the next morning and... And, uh, and, and the presidents were there and, and you know that was a tradition year after year and, and here I am as a 37 soon to be 38 year old man and that story it's still not old to me amen and that's what I want to talk about I hope that if anything else we can all get our hearts on the real reason for this season and we can understand that if it were not for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ we'd all be on our way to hell Jesus stepped on the scene of time at one of the most pivotal points in human history. The world was divided. Rome (coughs) sat in power. The Roman Empire ruled the world. The children of God had not heard from God in over 400 years. A dark time. In fact, that time between uh, uh, the close uh, of, of the uh, Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament was perhaps the darkest time in human history. God did not speak to one person. But instead of saying something, he sent someone, his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in John 3 16, one of the greatest verses has ever been read. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, Brother Martin, how do you have peace this morning? For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son... You say, Brother James, what about COVID? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Amen? What about Biden? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Dictators have risen and dictators have fallen. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I thank the Lord for that, don't you? I read this week about a little boy that, was in the inner city of Chicago, a homeless orphan child. And it was a cold night and a police officer come by and he seen that little boy there and he said, son, he said, if you'll go up to that big white house there with the bright lights, he said, knock on the door. He said, and say, John 3, 16, she'll let you in. That little boy went up there and he knocked on the door and this little gray-headed granny come to the door and... Uh, I'm not making fun of gray hair. It's better than no hair, I guess. But knocked on the door, and, and she opened the door, and he said, John 3, 16. She said, come in. He said, "He said this is nice. He walked in there, and, and, uh, and, uh, and he sat down at the table, and he thought to himself, he said, John 3, 16. He said, I don't understand it, but it sure makes a cold boy warm. And then that granny brought out fresh bread, homemade bread, and if you're wondering about Christmas gifts, we like homemade bread and cinnamon raisin bread. Cinnamon, anyway. And she brought out homemade bread um, and, uh, and 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 all kind of food for him. And he began to eat and eat. And he said, "John three 16. He said, "I don't understand it." He said, "But it sure makes a hungry boy full." And then she got up and she led him down the hallway, and, and she opened the door. and there was this big old antique bathtub like Brother Randy likes to find, and full and it was full of hot water and bubbles. and there was, a, there was pajamas, hanging little boys, pajamas there. And the little boy got in there and he got a bath. And, and first time he had a bath in a long time and he cleaned up and he put them clothes on and, and he went and laid down in bed and he said, John three sixteen, I don't understand it, but it sure makes a little boy clean. Hey. Yeah. And then he went to sleep and he woke up and he thought to himself, he said, John three sixteen, he said, I don't understand it. He said, but it sure makes a little tired boy rested. And he went out, and the lady had breakfast made. And she said, "Can I?" She said, "Do you understand? Do you understand John three 16? He said, "No." She sat down and with that little boy and began to tell him the story of Jesus and how he came to earth and he died and he arose again. That if that little boy would believe on him and pray and repent, that he could be saved. And that little boy bowed his head and he prayed and he and he got saved. And he opened his eyes and he says, John 3.16, now I understand, it makes a lost little boy saved. Amen. Amen. Greatest verse that's ever been said. D.L. Moody said that if if you could ascend Jacob's ladder and walk down the street of gold and you were to look at the apostle Peter and say, Peter, how much does God love me? Peter would say, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He said, if you could go by Peter and find the Apostle Paul and say, Paul, how much does He love me? He'd say, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So this morning, I want to talk about the motive, the motive of Christmas. What's the motive behind it? What was it that drove God to give us His Son? What was it that moved His heart? What was it that caused the wills of His wisdom and providence to begin to turn and to redeem mankind? I'll tell you what it was. It was love. Love. We're in a world that's dying because there's no real love. People love you as long as you can do something for them. Or as long as you agree with them. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's ever been a time where you couldn't have a, a disagreement more than there is right now. I mean, you go to Walmart and reach for the red milk. Somebody's going to argue with you about, why don't you get the blue milk? I'm offended. I, you know what I'm offended by? I'm offended by everybody being offended. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand it. I, this is not the country I grew up in. The one I grew up in, there was there. I mean, listen, uh, this, these people. I mean, they, they, you couldn't. I mean, the preachers I grew under. I, I'm just going to tell y'all, they was hard. They was hard, and they didn't ask everybody if they liked it or not. and They didn't worry about it, to be honest with you. And as a little boy, there were times I thought they were doing it just to try to see if they could get somebody offended. And yet we're living in a time where, and why? What's the problem? There's no real, true love. I'm glad there is a motive for Christmas. If it wasn't for the Lord God Almighty uh, looking ahead through the uh, the portals of time and seeing you and I and the the human race on our way to hell and saying, I'll give my son to save them. uh, It was love that that drove God's heart uh, for us to have a Christmas. The reason that little baby was born in that cold stable was love. Love. I want to just say a few things from this verse. Don't act like you've heard John 3.16 your whole life. Just act like this is the first time you'd ever heard John 3.16. I'm glad that after 20 years of preaching, I can still read John 3.16. It makes my heart do that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and whosoever believed them should not perish but have everlasting life. We give gifts at Christmas, and that's a biblical thing. The wise men brought gifts. That's part of it. I believe we make sometimes too much of the gifts. But I want to use this where the Bible says God gave us. And I want to talk about this gift that God gave us. I want to say that first of all, it was an expressive gift. When you give somebody something you're expressing, what are you expressing to them? Your love. And by giving us His Son. You want to know how much God loves you? Think about this. He did not send an angel. Of, and by the way, all things were made by Him. And without Him, uh, none of those things exist. And by Him, all things consist. And so God could have chose to give anyone or anything, but He chose to give His only begotten Son. Amen. You see, it's an expressive gift. God wanted to show mankind His love and show His compassion and mercy and grace. And when He gave us His Son, it was an expressive gift. Kim and I have been married 15 years. And it gets harder and harder to find that gift. Because I know some of you are laughing. You think, ha ha, wait till you get to 40 or 50. I'm just trying to get to 16. Y'all pray for me. Or she's trying to get to 16. But gifts, they're an expression. The gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, it expressed the person of God. The person of God. You say, what do you mean? It reveals to us uh, something about the giving nature of God. It shows us that our God is a generous God. A liberal God, a kind-hearted, tender-hearted, giving God. When you look at the child there, wrapped in swaddling clothes, it expresses to us something about the person of God. It's expressive of the passion of God. His giving was motivated by love. One man said it like this, God so loved the world. There's the breadth of God's love. That He gave His only begotten Son. That's the length of God's love. That whosoever believes on Him should not perish. That's the depth of God's love. But have everlasting life. That's the height of God's love. It expresses to us the passion of God. I can remember my mom. She, uh, 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 You know, I didn't let her know I knew Santa wasn't real for a long time. I liked it, you know what I mean? And uh, I can remember we go to Walmarts and uh, back then they had layaway. I don't know if they even still do that now. Do they? I don't even know. And Mama would go, it be, it be September or, or, you know, we'd get that wish book. I hate our children don't know what a wish book is. Me and John and Meredith would wear that wish book out. We'd fold them pages and mark them gifts and we'd leave in hints for Santa, you know what I mean? And Mama would go to Walmart and she'd say, Hey, y'all, now, any time you you got three children two years apart each and, and you say, Hey, y'all just play over here for a little while, i got to go do something. You know, we knew something was up. And she'd slip over there to lay away and she'd take some toys or games and, and she'd lay them up there and she'd give them $10 or $15. And and and, and, and and you know, I didn't understand it all then, but now I know now that she'd work and she'd take her money and she'd put a little bit more and, and put a little bit more and put a little bit more and finally she'd get it and, and wrap it up. What made her do that? It was love. She, she loved us and she wanted us to know she loved us. Amen. God gave us His Son. Listen there, in that nature, there is God's love expressed to us. It's an expressive gift. It says, for God so loved. But then it's an exquisite gift. He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus is a one of a kind gift. There is no gift equal to the gift that God gave in His Son. An exquisite gift. And oh, listen, this morning, I believe this time of year, it's good for us to focus our hearts and minds. And when we're busy trying to get for others, and we should, and I'm not downplaying that, but if you can't, if you can't, listen, think about it. If you can just express your love to somebody else, it may be through a kind word, a card, a deed I was (coughs) um, visiting with. One of our shut ins the other day, and I looked on her table, and there was a card from one of the young ladies in our church, a teenager in our church, and I mentioned it to her, and big tears started rolling down uh, this lady's face, and she said, She'll never know how much that meant to me. Her just sending a card, uh, but listen, it's an exquisite gift. Uh, There's never been a gift given like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a distinct gift. Because he's the divine Son of God, not an angel, not a seraphim, not a cherubim but God's only begotten Son. The Jehovah's false witnesses—they're really—they're really nervous this time of the year. They do not they, you know—they don't like lights and. You know, that's why I say put all the wreaths up lights you can. And uh, I mean, listen, just make them nervous. Because why? They don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They believe He's a Son of God. You understand me? The Mormons, they're on the same lines too. And other false cults and and, 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 and things like that. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus was the divine Son of God, an exquisite gift, a, 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 a gift like no other. He was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh. 100% God, 100% man. He never ceased to be God to become man. And he never ceased to be a man and, become, and being in God. I think about that. It's a mystery. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's going to be another message. But it's exquisite. He's the divine Son of God, but he's the distinct Son of God. Listen, it says the only begotten Son of the NIV. And if you got another Bible this morning, I'm not mad at you. But we're not using that here, and there's a reason we're not using that here, because the NIV says the one and only. I believe it is, and it doesn't say only "begotten." The word "begotten." Listen to this. This the word "begotten" does not suggest a birth or a beginning. Rather, it distinguishes between Christ as the only Son, and the other sons, little less of God. Listen to this. A sinner can become a son of God, but Jesus never became the son of God. He always has been the son of God. He said in Revelation, He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning. And the end over there, in, uh, in the Gospel according to John, uh, they says uh, he said before Abraham was, I am, Amen. <laughs> what he was saying is, I am, uh, I am, I am God. I listen. He's co-equal with God. He's co-eternal with God. He's co-existent with God. He is the only begotten Son of God. That's what makes it such an exquisite gift. God gave the only one of its kind. Amen. I'm not going to name names, but there is a gentleman here who's got an exquisite gun, shotgun, limited edition, Benelli, one out of 250, Frenchy, Italian-made, beautiful, automatic shotgun. I'm not even going to look around. I don't want nobody to get mad at me. He sent me that, a picture one day, and uh, I made him an offer, <laughs> but it wasn't a good one. I was hoping he did know what it was worth, but he knows what it's worth. And on that gun, it's engraved. It's the gun of the year for 2017. Bird Hunter's gun of the year engraved. I mean, it's beautiful. And it says, I, I can't remember exactly. I mean, I, I'm not coveting. I'm just borderline coveting. But it's, it's like 144 out of 250, I believe it was, or something like that. And you know what makes that gun so valuable and so impressive? And so is because it's because it's a limited edition. There's only 250 of them in the whole world. And this morning, Jesus was one of, the one and only. The only begotten Son of God. What an exquisite gift. What an expressive gift. What about this? What an expensive gift. You men think you've spent on your wives for Christmas. Just imagine what God spent on all of us for Christmas. It says He gave. And I want to say this. You cannot be stingy and be Christ like. <laughs> I know this is going to hurt feelings, but if you're saved, you've got the same spirit. The spirit of God in you is the same spirit that empowered Jesus Christ, and it's a gift spirit. And when I say giving, everybody goes thinking about bank accounts and checks. And that's part of it. But I'm talking about giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your love, giving of attention. And so it says that he gave. He gave. Salvation's free for all. But it's not cheap at all. It was the most expensive gift ever given. Think about this, how expensive it was. Think about Jesus and what, what was when, in giving His Son what was given. Think about how Jesus, what He enjoyed in heaven. We long to go to heaven. He lived in heaven and He left heaven. Look in chapter 3 verse 13. Jesus said, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. There's a lot that verse teaches. One, it teaches Jesus is God. He's deity because He was on earth and in heaven at the same time. Amen. But then he goes on to say, no man hath ascended up to heaven. He said, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Can you imagine living all of eternity in the glory and the beauty of heaven where the frost had never killed a fire and tears had never stained an eye and no graves digger shovel had ever broken the dirt and the angels day and night had surrounded the throne saying, holy, holy, holy. And Jesus willingly got up and left it all to come down here we make sacrifices everybody that's here today you made a sacrifice to be here but none of us have ever paid a price like God did in giving us His Son think about this what He enjoyed in heaven that then what He endured on earth what He endured on earth can you imagine now, I, there's, I, I try to be I try to stand back let my kids live and learn a lot of things. but One thing I can't stand is when I see somebody being mean to one of my kids. It boils my blood. I can't stand a bully. I can't. I've told our kids. I've told my children. You come home from school with an F, I'm probably going to tan your hide a little bit, and you're probably going to get punished, but it'll be done. You come home and <clears throat> you disobeyed or got in trouble, we're going to have problems. But if you come home and I find out you was picking on somebody, I will discipline you in an extreme manner and they know it they know it no tolerance do you know I was I was in fifth grade fifth grade and there was a boy I'm not going to say his name because he's friends with me on Facebook and I don't want I but we were sitting at lunch brother David and, and he looked at the cra- now this is in fifth grade you understand I was 10 year old. That's twenty almost twenty-eight years ago. And he made a comment and, and he and he said something to me about where I live. And do you know I can remember it today just like it was yesterday, 28 years ago. And 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 but here's I said that to say this. Can you imagine for 33 years God stood back and watched men mock his son and rail upon him and question him and lie about him? Can you imagine, come here Drew, stand right here. Can you imagine me standing here and just look that way? James, I mean Drew, look ahead. Can you imagine me standing right here, Brother Larry, and somebody coming up to him and saying, you're an illegitimate boy, your daddy's not your daddy. You're, you're. Can you imagine me sitting by and taking that? Can you imagine me, somebody coming to him and laughing at him and mocking him and me just standing back? And and, and 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 just letting them do it. Can you imagine me allowing somebody to take this little boy and drag him out and nail him to a cross and bleed and die? I've got news for you. I wouldn't do it. It would. I would not allow it to happen. But for 33 and a half years, God, almighty God, all-powerful God, He withheld His judgment. And, and listen, what an expensive gift it was. Amen. What he endured on the cross. Romans 8.32 says God spared not his son. I can't imagine watching my son suffer like that for nothing that he did of his own. What he endured on the cross. I'm saying this morning it's an expensive gift. If you're here and you're lost, who are you to reject this gift? People say, I don't see how God sends somebody to hell. How can he not send somebody to hell when they reject this gift? You see, when you reject Jesus, there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. It's an expensive gift. It was an expedient gift. It says in verse 16 that whosoever believes on him should not perish. It's an expedient gift. Everybody's going to get something that you don't need. And, you know, you can't use. You know what I mean? You ever get one of them, Brother David Pastor? <laughs> I'll just get this out of the way. Fruitcake, I don't need it. Don't need it. I used to have to eat fruitcake. There's a Sloan tradition. They'd cook fruitcakes and send everybody and we eat fruitcake. I mean, I mean, it's just I bless your heart. I'm not I, if you've given me fruitcake in the past, I appreciate it. And I probably ate it with tears and, and sorrow, but you know, the verse in the Bible, my bread was mixed with tears. But anyway. um, but we've all gotten something, you know, <laughs> that we just looked at it. With, oh, thank you. You better be grateful for it. And, uh, you know, but I'm not going to go on. I had a funny something come to my head right there, but I'm going to let it go. But the gift of God's son was needed by everybody. Why was it needed? Because of the sinfulness, the sinfulness in man. We're in a society that tells us we're to just puff people up and make them feel good about themselves. Here, I'm going to make you feel real good about yourself. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Here's your encouraging word for the day. You and I are all sorry sinners.
1: And God
0: saw our sin. and He said, I've got the perfect gift for the sinfulness of man. Don't you love it when somebody gives you something you really need? I mean, don't you love it? When something my mom, for my birthday, Give me a Ruger 1022. Amen. Blue. I mean, synthetic stock, automatic, 10-round clip. And I got a True Glow $39 special scope on it. And I'm telling you, there's been more Coombs dying. Listen, huh, in the last few weeks than there's ever been before. I'm shooting one out because I just love the way that gun. And I mean, it's dead on. And she got, I mean, it, I needed that thing. The coons probably wished I'd never got it. Huh, but I like it. I needed that gift But the God saw man on his way to hell and he said son you're the perfect gift for them and you're exactly what they need he's an expedient gift for you this morning he's an expedient gift the sinfulness in man he's an exquisite gift because he's a substitution for man the only hope we had was for someone to take our place but yet it had to be somebody who was not guilty I'm just going to tell you this. If one of my children was lost and you told me that they th- they was going to die and go to hell and you said you can go to hell for them, I would. I would for my kids. But I couldn't do it for them because I'm, I'm guilty like they are. There was no one on earth qualified to substitute for man. God gave his son because He was the only fit sacrifice and the only worthy substitute for mankind. The Son of God was crowned with thorns that I might be crowned with glory. He was stripped of His clothes that I might be robed in His righteousness. He was mocked that I might be honored. He was reviled that I might be blessed. He was cursed that I might be cleansed. He's an expedient gift because of the sinfulness in man, because he was a substitute for man. But I think about this. He was an expedient gift because of the sentence on man. John 3.16 says, should not perish. That word perish is a strong word. There are some today that teach that hell is just a, a psychological torment. But I believe it's a literal place. I wished I didn't believe that. I wished it wasn't true. And by the way, God finds no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God doesn't smile when people go to hell. But the sentence of death is this. If you die in your sins, you'll go to a devil's hell. For the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Be sure your sin will find you out. Why is Jesus the expedient gift? Because the only thing standing between me and hell is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was willing to be burned by the wrath of God. In the Old Testament, they burned those sacrifices. All those sacrifices were types of Christ, and that burnt offering they had laid on the altar. And they had set it afire and they let it burn there. And the smoke would have up to God. And I want you to know on Calvary, when Christ became sin for me, he literally burned in the wrath of God for my sin. And the smoke of that sacrifice had it up to his father. And his father looked down and said, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. It's an expedient gift. I'm done I promise it's a miracle I got a whole sermon in in one one service it says have everlasting life i want to talk about this quickly it's an excellent gift why is it so excellent? because even the best gifts that we get here on earth they wear out they wear out they get lost but this gift is an everlasting gift It's an indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to him for his unspeakable gift. You can't describe it. You can try, and men have tried for years and years. I was thinking about Brother Don Stroud, and he, he grew up under some of the finest men of God that has ever lived in the world, ever. Brother Edgar Thomas was his pastor for 40 years. And then Brother Willard Thomas was his pastor for 20 years. And then Brother Mark Stroud, his boy, was his pastor for about 10 years. And he heard the greatest preachers, Brother Billy Canoy, and Brother all these men of God, Simeon and Maze Jackson and Billy Kelly. and uh, uh, He heard all those great men of God. But now he's in the presence. I, I, I can just imagine the conversations they have in heaven. Do you know the Bible says the angels they look into and, and they inquire about about our salvation who do you think explains it to the angels oh man I can imagine brother Edgar grabbing an angel by hand and saying hey angel let me tell you what that's all about I was on my way to hell and Jesus died in my place I was on my way to hell and he came to me and saved me I can't wait to get to heaven and grab an angel by the hand and say sit down brother I want to tell you a story let me tell you what that's all about You said, oh, it ain't going to be like that. You just live in your little negative world, and I'm going to live in my happy world. Anyway, it's an indescribable gift, but this is what's wonderful about it. It's an indestructible gift. It's been said of me that I can break an anvil, and it's true. If it can be broke, I will break it. I'm not good at fixing things, but I'm a master of breaking things you Need something broke? Call me, I'll break it. Doesn't matter what it is, I'll find a way to break it. I'm hard on things, I'm hard on my shoes, my boots. I tear them up. I got a brand new pair back in February of, 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 of dry shod Burkina uh, uh, boots with, with snake chaps on them, and I've done ripped two holes in them. I patched them up, they're leaking. I guess what? I'll have to get anyway. I'm just dropping hints if you can't tell, but. <laughs> I'm hard on boots. I'm hard on my everything. My vehicles. I'm hard on them. If you don't believe me, go look at that little forerunner out there. If anybody deserves a gift for Christmas, my forerunner. Maybe we'll get her a new oil filter or something. But anyhow, I'm hard on things. I break things. I tear things up. I just that's just the way I've always been. Bats, and, and and that's why I can't get mad when 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 I mean we're on ginger's third bat in six months, but 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 there's one thing I ain't never been able to break. That's everlasting life. Now don't think I hadn't tried. Because I've sinned many times since I got saved. And I'm going to be real honest. I'm a Baptist preacher. I believe in everlasting life. But there's been times I thought, did I break it? Because I grieved the Holy Ghost. I sinned. I dishonored God. There's been times where I had to go... And did you know, there's a lot of things worse God can do to you if you're saved than let you die. And there's been times, Brother David, since I've been married, since I've had kids, where God would withdraw His hand from me and His peace from me and His presence from me. And I thought, oh, I've done it now! But every time... Time like Miss Kim sung about every time I come to him and said, God, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, I, I, I mean, it would be in the thousands of times that I've got on my knees and read Psalms 51 to God and said, Have mercy upon me, oh God. Blot out my transgressions, purge me, and I shall be clean. Oh, that the bones that are broken may rejoice. Restore uh, restored me the joy of my salvation. Uh, build the walls of Jerusalem. Say, how do you know it? I've prayed it to God a thousand times. But, Brother David, not one time have I not said amen. And God said, Forgive, him, son. Amen. You can pick out the best gift there's ever been to give it to your child. And guess what? Next year, there'll be a better one. I gave, Drew, well, I ain't gonna get on that. It's time to have an older call. I used Drew's illustration another time. And Ginger, she's involved in it too, but isn't it wonderful to be saved? The motive of Christmas, the motive of Christmas is the love of God. And what should be our motive? The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God you're here and you're not saved he's an expedient gift in fact the only way you're going to avoid going to hell is by receiving this gift he says that whosoever was it saved, believeth on him it didn't say whosoever can quote the church covenant, or whosoever can give the most tithes, or whosoever can pray the loudest, or cry the most, or shout the most, or stomp the most, or sweat the most, or spit the most, or whosoever can sing the best, or whoever can witness the best, or whoever can live the best, and do the best, and act the best. No, whosoever believeth on him. Amen. If you'll come to Him by faith and fall on your knees and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. But I learned today that You gave Your Son so I wouldn't have to go to hell. And I'm believing on You. I'm trusting You. My little five-year-old niece got saved this past Wednesday. And I said, Hallelujah, Amen. I know some that they stick their nose up at that. But I still believe little children can be saved. And she told her mom, she called my mama and said, Mom, Mimi. She said, I'm scared of the devil that's what she said Mimi said why are you scared of the devil she said he's going to take me to hell and she said you better pray you better pray Ivy you better ask Jesus to save you and she said right there on the phone she said Jesus save me forgive me you say oh I I doubt that I doubt you I doubt you I trust that little child. And childlike faith said, I don't want to go to hell. The old devil's dragging me to hell. Lord, save me. And guess what? She said, Uncle James, I got saved. Amen. Amen. Little old girl. But as you know, you can be a grown man. You can be a grown man or a grown woman. And you can come to the same Savior. And that little five-year-old girl, the worst thing she's done is probably pinch her little sister or, steal one of her toys or something like that, but you can come to him a murderer. You said, do you think he'll save you? A murderer? Well, he saved one on the Damascus Road. You can be an adulterer. And he'll save you. You said, you think he'd save an adulterer? Well, I read my Bible about a woman caught in the act of adultery and they brought her to Jesus and they, and they wanted to stone him and Jesus knelt down and wrote in the sand and they all dropped their rocks. I don't know what he wrote. That's one of the first questions I want to find out. What did you write in that sand? And we, uh, I've heard everybody explain what it was. I still haven't heard good. And, and the, he looked to that woman. He says, Where are thine accusers? And she said, Nowhere. He said, Neither condemn I thee. Oh, go and sin no more. He'll save you. He'll save anybody. No matter how great your sin No matter how long you've been lost, He'll save you right now Uh, if if you'll come.